Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Brian Gardner. He's the former partner in chief product officer at Copyblogger Media. Brian is also the founder of Studio Press, recently acquired by WP Engine. He is a designer, a WordPress expert, and in his free time, you can find him frequenting the local Starbucks. I feel you on that one. Mm-hmm. Or running a nearby <laughs> trail. Big, big uh, coffee fan myself. Brian, Good. welcome to the program. So glad to be here. I love it. So you recently had an exit. I don't know if it was nice. I don't know if it was challenging or hard. I think everybody always loves a good hero's journey through the entrepreneurial world. Maybe just tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, I'll give you the 30-second version of the 10-year history at Studio Press. I was a project manager at an architectural firm, taught myself WordPress, taught myself how to customize WordPress themes, started selling them on my website. Three months in, was making $80,000 a month. Quit my job because I realized it was time to go. Built that into a multi-million dollar company, merged it with Brian Clark and Copyblogger Media. And a few short years ago, actually, it's two and a half years ago, so it's longer than it seems, we decided to sell Studio Press. We were just fried. It was time to move on. The five of us as our partners were all kind of interested in doing other things. So we set out to sell Studio Press, reached out to a handful of WordPress hosting companies because at the time, and still at the time, they're the ones who are kind of gobbling up people and building platforms and doing all-in-one solutions And so we reached out to a handful of them. Two of them showed interest. One of them was WP Engine. They were the the group I was the least excited about because I had sort of, I misinterpreted their company culture from what I had known prior to that point. And quickly during the process, I realized they're actually a really great company and they've got a good culture and definitely who I want to partner up with. Because I knew that I was going to be key man in that deal. I was going to have to stick around for at least a year afterwards. And so that was pretty important to me. So it was fun. You know, you start something, you sell something. I think there's a lot of sort of outside interpretations of what that looks like. A lot of people assume, oh, he's a millionaire. Now he's living on an island, which is certainly not the case. But along the way, it was a good ride. That's cool. I think there's some validation in exiting that other people represent, not just customers, but like other potential entrepreneurs and business owners recognize what you did as valuable. And I think a lot of people like there's, I don't know if it's like ego or what, but I mean, I think that probably there has to be some feel good in there of like, wow, I built something. There was, I mean, it certainly didn't go over ego. What I will say is this, the thing that I was, I felt most successful with in that was the deal was less about money and revenue. And it was more about the fact that they found value in the brand that we had built, the product we had built in the community we had built. So the numbers was almost an afterthought. Like, yeah, we know the revenue is there and we don't care if it's going up or down or left or right. We're really just buying what you built as a whole. And that to me as a founder and somebody who really 
I spent 10, 12 years really building into the community and all of the ecosystem around Studio Press and our Genesis framework. And when they bought that, that was what I was most proud of was that I had built something that was of so much value to another company that it wasn't about the dollars here, dollars there. It was just more about the whole thing. A lot of people say you should start your business with exit in mind, with some kind of exit plan that you understand how you would like to leave the business, whether that's building a cash flow driven business and then you invest elsewhere and whatever, or if it's building something that's going to have a high multiple, or if it's going to be building something that can run without you. Did you have that foresight? Like, I feel like that's always a nice thing to write on paper and like a vision board, but then in practice, it's like entrepreneurship requires so much work and sweat and blood, sweat and tears, right? That sometimes along the way, you kind of lose sight of any kind of initial exit plans you had, right? Or they change so dramatically. Did you sit down when you guys started Studio Press with that clear exit in mind? A hundred percent, no. Now, I will say this. First of all, this was OG internet. 2006, the landscape's totally different than it is now. The company that I just started, Agent Engine, 100% yes. That's what we're setting out to do. We're trying to build a company increase our SaaS to a certain point, and then get acquired by somebody. We'll be transparent about that. With Studio Press, for me, I was more interested in getting out of my current job than thinking about what I was going to do to get out of Studio Press. At that point, I was just so thrilled. We were making lots of money, and I no longer had a 9 to 5, and that's all that mattered. You know, Somewhere along the way, as time went on and revenue continued, and especially when we brought it into Copyblogger, then we started having those conversations of, oh, we're a company. We're on the radar. People may want to buy us. What does that look like? And you know, we went through several seasons of talking to investment bankers or VC types of people and passed on many occasions. The back half of that was probably filled with, okay, at what point do we exit? And you know, when's the right time and with the right person? Yeah. What's your take? Maybe you have some perspective on the WordPress. I mean, you have a lot of perspective on the WordPress market. I shouldn't say some. You have probably tons of perspective on the market. I mean, you do see companies like, you know, WP Engine. I'm actually, uh, I do a lot of work with the Cloudways team. You see these really cool platforms that are are coming up are big now. When we actually took the U Academy, our members to WP Engine, I mean, this was back in 2015. We actually visited their place with like 50 web pros and they like gave us the big tour and then they sat us down and the you know CEO kind of came in and talked to us and, and it was really cool. But I imagine they're like a whole different beast at this. I mean, they were like, hey, we want to be a billion dollar plus company. And that was five, six years ago. Yeah. How has that kind of energy and money in the WordPress ecosystem kind of changed things? I think it changes a lot of what people do, what they build, how they start, how they market and position things. Because I think at this point, unless you're an agency doing professional service work, if you're building a product or some sort of a SaaS or something like that, my guess is that 95% of those people are building it with the intent to sell. Now, in WordPress specifically within the last, I'll say, five years, that's when a lot of this sort of conglomerate thing has started to happen. GoDaddy buying several WordPress businesses to sort of bolster their reach within the WordPress and the blogging sphere. I think WordPress just passed 40% of the internet that it powers right now. So clearly the top dogs and the hosting companies are finding value in anything that has anything to do with WordPress because it's so widely used. I've had several peers, good friends who've also sold businesses in the WordPress space, either to different hosting companies and whatnot. I think all it takes is a couple of those success stories. I think WooCommerce was maybe one of the first bigger sort of acquisitions when Automatic bought WooCommerce. 
at that point, I was still running Studio Press and I had a little bit of jealousy. I was like, wait a second, I thought I was supposed to go first, right? You know, we were, we were the <laughs> ones that people wanted and they sold. And from what I hear, they sold for quite a bit of money. So kudos to those guys. I know that all the founders are good guys and they deserve it. But yeah, I think a lot of people now, even there are Elementor is a good example of a company who's surprising. There's a lot of money in WordPress right now. We did a lot of money at Studio Press and I thought we were sort of the exception, like more of like the anomaly. But there's a lot of people making a lot of money doing products, niche products that you just wouldn't think, oh, well, they got this cute little product that's doing 3 million a year. What? <laughs> you know, like yeah. all of a sudden it causes people to want to go out and create things. Yeah, which is good. But I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at with like GoDaddy, WP Engine. I mean, the money that those businesses are raising through investment rounds, I assume WP Engine's future is eventually some kind of public offering. I think that that's probably the outcome for them at some point. And, you know, I think I just thinking back to like early days, WordPress, I mean, it, you know, thinking that this type of, you know, a CMS, right, is going to be 40% of the internet, billions and billions of dollars of market potential is just super incredible. Yeah. So tell me about what you're doing now. Like what is, you mentioned Agent Engine a little bit ago. I mean, for our listeners today, I mean, you're obviously working on new projects I've got one quick question about the transition. I mean, did you just <laughs> sure, like leave yeah. and then jump right into like next project or did you? No, I had to be perfectly honest. I had a 18 month contract that I had to fulfill with WPN. So it was a part-time contract up to 20 hours a week. So I knew I was going to have some runway additionally beyond the acquisition, but a lot of my time and energy was transitioning the community and stuff like that. So it was easy at that point to kind of just play around outside of the time I put in there. I didn't have a real need to like go out and create something, put food on the table, which was good and bad. It got me quite lazy, but it also just allowed me some mental space. I kind of walked the proverbial wilderness in those two years up until this past summer where I just needed to just... I cut my time short with WP Engine after a year, after the transition went so well. I was like, look, you guys don't need to pay me to stick around because everyone's fine. Everything's good. And they were graceful enough to let me go. And we created a small studio at the time, a little agency design studio, which after six months, I was like, yeah, that's just not what I want to do, like big picture. And so I cut away from that. And I just spent about six months to a year, just really just taking on a few projects, freelance projects. Obviously, I have a lot of reach with people in the space, people would reach out. They like the way I design. And so I just picked up a few projects just to kind of buy time. But it wasn't until this past summer when I was like, okay, look, Studio Press acquisition was great. It gives me a few years of runway. But the reality is I'm 43 at the time, 46 now. And I need to figure out what I'm going to do for the next 40 years. That's a lot of time to, to live. And to <laughs> it just, it was. And so I knew I wanted to do something else. And I knew I wanted to do something that was more of a, a recurring base, a SaaS base. I wanted to build and get acquired so that I would then never have to worry about things ever again. And so I realized I wanted to get into the real estate vertical because one, the design in that industry is horrendously antiquated. I knew I could make a really big impact with my skill set between design and digital marketing and things like that. And as a brand guy, I was like, okay, got to come up with a good brand name. If I can come up with a good brand name, I've got some ideas of what we can do in the industry. And so we just kind of it all worked out. And so uh, interesting plug for Cloudways. We're using Cloudways on our as one of our servers for the agent engine directory that we're building. So, so nice. Good plug there. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. One of their uh, team members, Arsalan, a lot of times in our group is watching along with us. So maybe yep, yep. Uh, if ours is out there, right? Give you a little shout out, man. No problem so far. 
Hey, what's up agency owners? I wanna tell you about an exciting new software product that is really gaining traction in the digital agency world. It's an all-in-one marketing and sales platform and it's built specifically for agencies. Not only will it help you save money by replacing all of your old software tools, it creates a whole new revenue stream for your agency and you can white label it, add your branding and sell it as your own software product. That's why hundreds of agencies have already made the switch from Infusionsoft, Marketo and ActiveCampaign. You can get more info and access their unlimited agency plan for just $2.97 a month or start your free trial over at IgniteYourAgency.com. That's IgniteYourAgency.com. So I've got so many questions because I feel like I just love that when you left this acquisition and even in that transition process that you took on freelance projects. I mean, I assume that means you're kind of working as a solopreneur-ish, like maybe a small kind of team taking on some work. I mean, I feel like that's a very big polar opposite of big company exit, having to deal with bankers and venture capitalists and the C-suite of these companies and acquiring. I mean, I can't even imagine like term sheets and the contracts and the lawyers and all that life of an acquisition. I mean, I've actually been fortunate enough. We sold our agency. I've acquired a couple of companies. I've bought out a business partner. Like, I mean, they're just, it's a lot of stuff that's not the fun, like creative stuff. Was that kind of freeing for you to kind of work on some stuff that didn't have as high of stakes as maybe what you're going through with the acquisition? It did. Thankfully, during the process, I was shielded by Brian Clark, our CEO, and Sean Jackson, who is our CFO. They really handled a majority of the transactional due diligence and money and deal stuff. And it was more brought to me and the other three partners to sort of just vote on and discuss things. So from that perspective, I wasn't as privy and thankfully, because I just, that's not my world. I was shielded quite a bit from having to deal with all of that. Nonetheless, because of the fact that we had gone through this several times to kind of try to find the right partner, it was tiring. It was very tiring. The Gutenberg editor in WordPress, which was at the time sort of becoming new and like presenting a big possibly challenge for us moving forward. I was like, I was tired hammering at it for 12 years and it was time. And so when I put in my time with WP Engine, I was like, I'm just going to go run. And if somebody hits me up through Twitter or my personal website and wants a design, I could just kind of do it on my own terms and I'll pick up a few bucks here and there just to kind of tide me over. But I needed that space. And it got to a point where I no longer needed that space and I was ready to kind of go back in and jump headfirst into something But yeah, I would encourage anybody who goes through an acquisition or a transition like that to then just, even if it's a month, something. Relationships are the same way that people are codependent. They go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And they're always like, hey, there should always be some time in between, right? You need to like figure out who you are and like what you want out of life and stuff like that. And it kind of was the same way. It's like, I need to figure out what I want to do. And I just can't jump right into something because I I don't want to do it out of reaction. I want to do it out of desire and passion and stuff like that. You mentioned some indicators of how you chose the real estate market with your strong focus around brand and design. And I think that's what like Zillow has done well in the real estate space is they've made something like really user friendly and very like they've become very successful with that. But I think by and large, a lot of the other sites that are out there that have real estate listings or broker sites. I mean, I think we all know probably a lot of our listeners have clients in the real estate space or have have worked with somebody there's definitely leaves a lot to be desired, right? Was that the only factor (laughs) or did you have prior experience or knowledge? I mean, I guess my question of essence here is really around choosing a niche and a focus. And I wrote a book called Get Rich in the Deep End. 
It's all about this, right? But even still, like after people read my book, it's hard to choose a market and choose a place that you're going to go kind of invest five or 10 years in. Besides the design element, I mean, was there a personal passion in real estate? There were several things that led up to that. During the Copy Blogger and Studio Press years, we had dabbled with real estate vertical within WordPress themes with a small brand called Agent Press. So we had already started to do some things within real estate. We never really went anywhere with them and then ultimately sunset that. So there was that. And through that and just being online and sort of an OG internet guy, I developed several relationships with sort of, we'll call them real estate industry influencers, right? If you will, where I knew there would already be a little bit of like a foot in the door. Could I pull some favors? People who I did designs for way back in the day, or I knew were fans and stuff like that. So I had a little bit of experience. I knew some people in the industry already. The industry itself, as we talked about, desperately needed help from a design perspective. And so I knew I could offer value immediately. Compass aside, Compass is a brilliantly designed brand in the industry. But outside of that, I just knew there was a lot of opportunity. And it was also, there's always going to be a need, right? People are always going to have to buy and sell a house. It's not a thing that'll come and go. Obviously, the market fluctuates and things go up and down. But people will always need to hire a real estate agent. They'll always need to sell a house and things like that. And we actually have bought and sold 10 houses over the last 20 years of our marriage, just moving around, doing different things and stuff like that. So it was a process I was very familiar with. And we've got friends and family who are agents. And so like it was kind of a perfect storm of the fact that there was no better industry. I couldn't even think of a second industry I'd even want to go down. It just never got to that point. I'm like, I'm trying to find a validator or something to hold up against the real estate industry to see if I wanted to choose this. And like nothing came to mind. I'm like, okay, it's like the little dog biting your ankle. You know, like, okay, I give. I just need to come up with a brand name now. And of course, as I was sitting around thinking about the WP Engine acquisition, I was like, agent, agent. Oh, remember when I sold WP Agent Agent Engine? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I was I kind of when, when I saw that that's the the new company name, I was like, interesting, right? Like that makes a lot of sense. It does. And I'll say this, and this is a good piece of advice. I've had two cease and desist letters sent to me prior to Agent Engine for just different things. Studio was a result of one of them, the rebranding towards Studio Press. My mom wrote a book on copyright. And so legal stuff in the business space has always been paramount to me. And so I said, okay, first things first, can I get the domain name? Long story short, in three hours, I owned it for $3,000. And I'm like, that's a green light. That's perfect. I, I got the domain name. Second, now I got to go to my friends at WP Engine and just make sure there's no issue. I didn't think there was going to be, but I needed write-off. So I talked to my contact there. He said, I don't even need to bring this to legal. It's not an issue. You can go ahead and use the name. And it was full steam ahead at that point. That's cool. I mean, first of all, I just can't believe that, you know, that that wasn't like already a business name in I Googled something, it. And it was whether nothing. it was real it was- estate or insurance nope. or, you know, something. So congrats on, on that process uh, going yeah. forward. Are you 100% in the SaaS? Are you still doing kind of freelance stuff? I mean, did you kind of just transition out of that? So right now, I've Agent Engines, for all intents and purposes, my only project. Over the last six months, I've sort of offloaded and dumped several side projects or little partnerships that I had just so I could focus exclusively because I'm an idea person, hence the thinking emojis that we have on screen. And I could think up 100 different businesses with 100 different brands and try to pursue them all. But it kind of comes down to jack of all trades, master of none. And I realized if I really wanted to build this company into something that became acquired by something else, like you have to kind of go full send. And so I eliminated a lot of those things. Because we're a startup and we haven't hit the ground running yet, 
I'm still open to personally just grabbing a, a design project here or there. I usually prefer it to be real estate just so I can kind of stay focused. You know, I'll take a project every month or two just to kind of subsidize some things. But we also just last night actually to channel that energy, the design energy I have, we sort of opened up a little bit of a opening through Agent Engine, calling like our design studio where for people who don't want to get onto the platform necessarily, they just need like a one-off custom design website or logo or branding or stuff like that. We opened that up. And so that's a little bit part of what we're going to be building, certainly not the bread and butter. But yeah, so at this point, it's pretty much Agent Engine all the way. That's cool. So it sounds like Agent Engine is even dabbling a little bit in some professional services around building websites for people. What's kind of the quick elevator pitch for Agent Engine? The future of real estate is digital. It kind of covers everything, right? From email to social media, to branding, to personal stuff, to whatever. What we're building right now with Agent Engine is really more towards the larger groups, associations, brokerages. It's sort of a directory and profile platform to host their roster of agents. And so that's separate from a independent person needing a personal website. And so we're like, you know, I kind of got tired of just telling people, oh, we don't do that when here you are, I have so-and-so person's like, hey, I need a new website and a brand and you check out their website and it's terrible. It's like, kind of want to help them, you know, and obviously certainly help pay the bills a little bit. And so, and more importantly, it just keeps us connected to people in the industry and we help kind of beautify the industry, which is sort of my goal to begin with, which is just one website at a time, make this a better looking industry. That reminds me of that. I don't know. It's like that story of the little girl that like throws the starfish back in the ocean, right? Like you're just picking, like we helped another real estate agent, you know, not have a website that looks like it's from 1997, right? And every time an angel gets its wings, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's interesting because you're building a brand and then people start coming to you and asking you for something and you're having to say, you know, we don't do that. I think there's a little bit of that that's good for keeping your focus, but also at the same time, it's kind of like, when you are getting kind of that other thing, that constant question, I mean, it sounds like it's helping to fill a revenue gap, but also yeah. maybe that's going to inform some of the value around Agent Engine. I, mean, I think that's kind of cool of being able to be in a market and really learning where you're going to fit in there long term. We're definitely in that space, that zone right now, which is we know what value we bring to the industry and we've already built the product. The question is, how do we position or what's the mechanism in which that gets deployed? And we're finding that out, like literally just had a call this afternoon that's going to help sort of sideways pivot things just a little bit. And that's fine. It's fun. I certainly like responding to the needs. I don't mind missing from time to time with a hypothesis or even with a series of interviews. Maybe it's just kind of an outlier that led us down a certain path and it's still off base and we're learning a lot along the way as well. So what perspective, I feel like you've got a really interesting experience and background because at one end of the spectrum, you're building products. You've been very much in the behind the scenes building of the WordPress community and ecosystem and kind of probably been at tables where really big decisions are being made within this market. So you kind of at this macro level experience within the WordPress market, but then you're also still like, building sites for individual real estate agents when the small opportunities come? Like, What kind of perspective has some of the product stuff given you on the business of being a freelancer or small agency owner in this market? I mean, most of our listeners are small digital agencies. And so I think they'd really love to hear from you. Like, What kind of perspective has some of that experience with WordPress and that industry as a product level and a very scalable level given you for those smaller interactions with individual clients? 
one of the biggest challenges we faced at Studio Press was that we had to build a product to be consumed by the masses. What I mean by that is even with WordPress themes, we had to build it in a way to where hundreds of thousands of people would buy it. That's completely a different mindset than if you're building a custom website for somebody. I hate to use the phrase cut corners, but there's a lot of things you need to account for when people buy in mass, like because they're going to use it a hundred thousand different ways. And so you have to sort of quote do hashtag all the things for all the people. And so as much as I love to do that, it got tiring because there was just, you know, between Gutenberg and WooCommerce and all of the things, there was just so many levels of like QA that had to go through like a design. And I'm a designer. All I want to do is design to move on, design to move on. And so it's probably why right now I have that itch, like why I like to work with people personally. One, because I want to help one person better their business, but it also allows me to take our product and sort of shave off a lot of the unnecessary stuff. And then just really just kind of use the core of what we built. And it's so much more freeing to just do that without all of these kind of weights holding you back. And so I like the process. It's partly out of necessity, but it's also just because I'm passionate about building people's personal brands and I love and stand behind the products we built. And I like to be creative and use my design to do it. So that's cool. So almost like I almost would have thought, and now I understand after you said it, that when you're building something that needs to be consumed by a hundred thousand WordPress users in a lot of different ways, right? They're taking this one template and yeah, does it work with all the plugins? Does it work with all the things, mm-hmm. right? I imagine even small design decisions have to then be, you have to think of the considerations like the follow on. Like if we add this one feature, that means we have to now design this for all of these different scenarios, which could be very cumbersome. I would have almost thought in the scalable model, you would have had to be very kind of run things very essentialism like, like minimalist. Mm -hmm. But now I'm almost hearing like in the freelance space, you actually like that better because it feels more minimalist. You're not having to deal with all that other, other complexity. Yeah. You know, the running joke with studio press and our QA team was I would finish the design in a theme and I would turn it over. And the first thing that somebody would test is putting the WordPress calendar widget in the upper right header area. (laughs) which is always a phone number or a menu or social media. And they're like, Brian, this doesn't look right. I'm like, who in their right mind puts a calendar widget in the header? I just, you shouldn't use a calendar widget ever, much less putting it there. Well, we still got to do it because people will contact support and blah, 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 blah. And so there was so much of that. And when WooCommerce came around and we sort of adopted WooCommerce support, there's a lot to do with WooCommerce, a lot of overrides, a lot of CSS stuff. It just got so tiring. I almost stopped liking to design themes because it just got so complex. And so when it comes to doing the custom themes, I love it because I take a theme, I know exactly where to like cut it in half and just lop off the stuff I don't need. And all of a sudden, it's so much easier to work with because right, I'm just using the essentials, the bare necessities. And I've personally, the last five years, kind of gone through sort of a minimalist from a design perspective, but also from a lifestyle perspective, sort of mindset, which is just, you know, less is more and paring down and all that kind of stuff. And so it really makes its way into my design on screen and off. You know, like I'm such a white space fan. In fact, I have a sign behind me, that little square sign that you could probably see. It says white space is where the magic happens. And I'm a firm believer in that. I created a movement called No Sidebar, which literally removed sidebars from websites. And so it kind of became more of a figurative concept. But so yeah, it's freeing now. A lot of times the people who I do freelance design for, they've known me, they've followed me for years. They just, they're in love with the way, the very specific sort of design I do. And so a lot of them sort of give me carte blanche, right? I worked with Adrienne, yoga with Adrienne. She's got like, I don't know, seven or 8 million followers on YouTube. 
And Chris, her business partner is like, just do whatever you want to do. We want to rebrand. We've followed you for years. We know you're going to do it right. And I'm like, that's the best kind of freelance project, right? Because the feedback calls were like five minutes. Like I can come up with something that looks bad, but I can't. So if you want me to make something up, I mean, literally they were like that because I was so dialed into sort of how I like to do things. And so those are the freelance projects I do now and why I do them because they're so simple and so much fun. That's cool. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's E, the number two, M, solutions.com. All right, back to our show. I imagine that feeling of, and I like the calendar, the you know the booking widget embedded in the header of the site, right? I mean, I think that we all know what happens once we give like clients the keys to a website or they have some other random designer come in or I think we've all been there, but seeing that at scale would probably be terrifying for most people. Like, Oh wow. I built yes. this really cool thing. It's really efficient and tight and it needs to be done a certain way. And then like a hundred thousand people go and customize it. And then you're like, Oh my, what is that? We did some stuff back in the day for the Adobe business catalyst platform. And while it didn't achieve the scale seeing the templates that we'd create and get used by other people. I mean, that was always like some people did some really cool stuff with it and like took it further. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Oh wow, that I did not think of from a cool standpoint, but definitely can feel your pain for, you know, we'd get these support requests of like, I can't get it to do this. And we're like, yeah, because you shouldn't be doing that. Right. Real quick for our listeners out there on the podcast, we're hanging out live in profitable digital agency owners, Facebook group. If you're not yet a member of that, check that out. Just go to Facebook, Profitable Digital Agency Owners. You'll find the group, and we live stream our podcast interviews there. I do have a question from one of our live listeners. He says, what would you recommend between Shopify and WordPress website, and why? Like In terms of maybe, do you go with the SaaS like Shopify ecosystem, or do you go with the WordPress, WooCommerce, you've got your own you know, code base or whatever? I mean, any high-level thoughts on that? I know it's a big question. It's a big question. It's kind of hard because I'm so... WordPress helped me become who I am. So there's always an element of bias there because I feel like a responsibility to just always defend the brand. WooCommerce is a beast and oftentimes a clunky beast that has sometimes breaking changes when they do updates. I've had to fix several client sites who, oh, we just hit the upgrade button and they change class names. And so it all looks terrible. It's actually a question I had to answer just the other day when my wife was starting to create a shop for some of the stuff that she's making here at home. Ah, and it, it was the like the million dollar question. <laughs> we actually went with Etsy to be perfectly honest in her case, because we wanted to use that sort of built-in searchability that Etsy has. It's kind of like a search yeah. engine in and of itself. So we went with Etsy from, for that reason. I guess the real question is, is it like a completely e-commerce heavy site or brand? In other words, is that like 90% of what the activity is around e-commerce? Or is it a, we have a blog, a podcast, and we want to sell a couple things, right? If it's the latter, if it's a content-heavy site and you want to use WordPress and all of that and sell a couple products, then probably WooCommerce makes sense. But if you're really like a huge e-commerce store type of thing, 
I think Shopify is probably, and their themes are great. They're easy to work with. And I can't speak to the SEO as much because I just don't know compared to WordPress. Or maybe it's a combination of the two. Maybe you're both. You've got a huge store and we got a whole bunch of content. And so maybe you subdomain it. You do your stuff on the main site and do like shop dot or store dot or something like that. And then you use Shopify to do your store and then WordPress to do the rest of it. I think like a true web pro, your answer was in the ballpark of it depends, right? I think it, like it, Eddie, it does. <laughs> I think that's what our industry should be known for because clients come in and they're like, how much is it for a website? It's like, oh, it depends, right? Yeah. You know, which platform should I use? I don't know. It depends. Let's go yep. do discovery. Let's talk about it. So, but thanks for that question, guys out in the profitable digital agency owners. If you're not part of that group, please join. Brian, are you ready for our lightning round? Sure thing. What is the best advice you've ever received? Break through the wall, Chris Brogan. You want to ask the next question or should I give more context? Give a tiny bit more context. <laughs> Usually I tell people to like not go long with it, but like we could just yeah, get yeah, a yeah. little bit more of what does that mean? I'm a runner. There's a thing called the wall when running a marathon. You hit a point where you want to give up and totally throw the towel in. And Chris knows that about me. And he knew he identified from the outside. He said, Brian, it looks like you're struggling. You're kind of slowing down a little bit. He's like, I just encourage you to break through. Like, hold on, keep going. Because in about two miles from now or a couple of weeks from now, you're going to break through and you're going to be like, thank God I didn't stop running. I love that. That reminds me of, of a quote I heard the other day. It was like, you can always quit. So why quit today? Why is today the day that you want to quit, right? You yeah. can always do it. Why today, right? Why not keep going a little bit further, right? Love that. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Creativity. Like my passion for design, always thinking and coming up with just new ways to do things. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? I'm a designer, but Grammarly is, I cannot live without Grammarly. Grammarly makes me a better writer. It teaches me how to write better and makes me look smart when I go publish content. And what book would you recommend and why? I'm not a huge book reader. In fact, I've read like one book over the last couple of years and it was Daisy Jones and the Six. It just a creative outlet. Did nothing for me other than just escape from everyday life. <laughs> nice. Daisy Jones and the Six. Is that right? Did I get there? Yeah, I'm a 46-year-old guy. So it's kind of talking about music and like the California 70s. Like it was just good. I think my point here is that we need outlets. It's so easy to become workaholic, always in front of the computer, always trying to like create the next business. At six o'clock every night for a month, all I did was just read a chapter. I shut my computer, I opened a book. So it could be any book, like the answer is any book, any book that takes you away from the addiction of building a business and being online and entrepreneurialism and stuff like that. So... Oh man, there's like so much in what you just said that we'll <laughs> we'll have to pull you back for a second episode because I'm like, oh, yes. this is so good, right? The addiction of entrepreneurship. And I think there is so much truth to that. Here's what we'll do. If you guys are out on the road or on a run or on your bike like me on our show notes page, yougurus.com slash podcast, we'll link out to Daisy Jones and the six. We'll link out to Grammarly. We'll link out to lots of uh, any other resources that came up in this episode as well as some quotables, some nuggets and all that good stuff. We'll also link out to Amazon's, you know, best selling fiction section. Cause I think that that's huge. <laughs> I actually did read last year in the pandemic. I got a book. It was like a Hirokami book. Uh, I don't know if okay. you guys know his books, but the wind up bird chronicles, it was super weird, but like there was some weird stuff going on in the world and it was just like a good release. And I've been reading Harry Potter 
I'm mm. almost done with book five with my six-year-old son. We've been reading that every night. And it is a great release to have something that just does not have anything to do with business. I mean, I'm sure you could yep. pull metaphors and analogies or like you think about stuff, but like I've just been getting into reading that to him. So I definitely want to encourage our listeners to find time to unplug just like Brian just did. So check that out at thegurus.com slash podcast. Brian, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah. From the work perspective, agentengine.com. Personally, briangardner.com. I am slash bgardner, B-G-A-R-D-N-E-R on most platforms, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, stuff like that. I, I like to share a lot of stuff online just about my path, my journey, things I see when I'm running Taylor Swift songs that make a difference to me, things like that. That's my my personal branding plug there is the admission of a middle-aged Swifty. Dude. <laughs> There's a whole story uh, there. We could talk a whole podcast around the creativity around her and how that has impacted my journey. So there's, there's a lot there. So I feel, uh, you know, I, now I got to like admit something on our, on show. My wife actually is our marketing manager. She does our podcast notes. She listens to all the shows and she's going to hear what you just said. And she's going to be like, Oh, Brent listens to Blair's Taylor Swift (laughs) in his office every day right uh, uh, so you know hey we got to do a follow-up on that a swifty i did i'm not a part of the fan club so i did not know they were called Swifties, oh my but gosh now yes. i'm now it's complete so thank you for that and if you go to google and type in taylor swift storytelling my blog post will be number one. Oh, very i wrote cool. a blog post around that yeah there's there's a whole lot there especially in light of the pandemic and all the stuff that she's recently released her new albums and all that kind of stuff huge yeah, creativity she- Got to work. Like, I think there's like two ways to deal with major external changes in the world is like you can get freaked out about the things you can't control. And then there's the stuff that you can't control, like you're what you produce, what you do. And I, it was really actually just following her story a little bit. It was very inspiring to see she was like producing like crazy during that time yep. where probably a lot of artists were like crying about why their shows were canceled or this or that. Right. So I think there's that's a that's a big a big thing. So we'll link out to that article. And so if our followers and listeners want to find out more about that whole thing, we will also put that on our show notes as well as links back to your personal site, your uh, new SaaS company, Agent Engine. We'll get a link out to that as well as the other brands that you've been a part of. So we'll just make an ode to Brian Gardner on the YouGurus page. You guys can find that at yougurus.com slash podcast. Dude, thank you so much for stopping by the program. This was amazing. Yeah, I'm glad Peter set us up. You know, sometimes you never know what you're going to get. Like my favorite thing in life is the, and I hope I have time to tell this really quick story, in Titanic, right? The best scene in the movie is when they're all having dinner on the Titanic and Kathy Bates asks Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like tongue in cheek, like, do you like having this kind of like this vagabondish life? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's freeing. I got the air in my lungs. He's like, you know, just the other day I was laying under a bridge sleeping and here I am on the finest ship of the earth having dinner with you fine people. I'm like, you just never know. And so, yeah, yeah, there you go. Those are my Dude, words. I love it, man. That's a huge <laughs> compliment for us. And thanks for being a part of this today. And uh, likewise, this has been a really fun interview and that's it for this week's episode of the digital agency show. Thanks again, Brian, stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency. So you can achieve freedom in business and life until next time. I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale the multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook, the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.